pretends to be Scottish and yes. I laugh at her. No, just kidding. But <laughs> we are back at it again. We are. My name is Liv. I'm an emerging costume and production designer based in Australia and I'm joined by my best friend and uh, aspiring Scottish person. I am Scottish. I mean, a real my Scottish. My mum's a bear. <laughs> Once again. And I feel like we've probably offended many Scottish people in the I'm last so minute. I'm so Scottish that I'm a Fraser. But um, uh, that's about as Scottish as you can get. <laughs> but yes, so I'm joined by my best friend <laughs> Ellie Gunton, who's also an emerging archaeologist, soon to be honours student I bloody of hope archaeology. So, yes, it's very exciting. I've applied for it, dear friends. But now that you work in archaeology, does that make you an archaeologist? No. Oh bugger. The work I'm doing. <laughs> Look, we'll just stick with it and say that you are. Excellent. But today we are talking about something very Scottish that isn't Ellie. We're talking about Tartan. I know you That's wish you were dream. that Scottish, my love. I mean, I just feel like a fish out of water here, you know. We'll go to Scotland eventually. Been, I know you have been to and Scotland. It was the best time ever. It felt like coming home. <laughs> so today we're talking about something that's very Scottish. In yes. fact, it's anciently Scottish. It's probably the most identifiably Scottish thing that is. Scottish. And it's not the Loch Ness Monster, everyone. It is not that. Crikey. You nicknamed my daughter after the Loch Ness Monster! And there's the Twilight reference. I had to put it in there. I know you did. But we're talking about Tartan. We're talking about Tartan. Tartan, yes. The history of Tartan, where it comes from, where it's been, where it's going. Yes. Which is actually super exciting. Pretty much everyone has worn a Tartan pattern at some point. It has become such like a mainstream fashion thing yeah but did you know that it was once banned <gasps> dun, dun, dun. that's right yeah so we're going to talk about all that and more mm. on this very episode so ellie do you want to break down tartan do you want to break down the history of tartan so tartan's a really cool piece of clothing essentially Indeed. it is a according to britannica a cross-checkered repeating pattern or set of different coloured bands, stripes, or lines of definitive width and sequence woven into woolen cloth. You should know what tartan looks like. If you don't know what tartan looks like, look, I'm not judging you. No, but it's not gingham. But give it a Google. So, like, I mean, this is what I always got taught, is that gingham is the two colours, like if it's red and white cross, but tartan, it has to be like three, three or more. Okay. That was that was the definition I got given in uni. Okay. I don't know how... Well, that would make sense. Yeah. I mean, if, we, if, if we're looking at that picture, that's like three. That's Exactly. Yeah. So most tartans include three or more colours, generally. Okay. But they can include huge amounts of colours. Yeah. They can have as many colours as your just, heart desires. We were just looking at one that kind of, it wasn't purple, but it had like the blue crossed over with the red, so it looked yeah. purple from a distance, which was really groovy. It's very cool. Very, so very tartan cool. was kind of invented, and I'm going to say 
early fourth century. And I know I said I'm gonna say, but it's yeah, it was uh, the it early, was fourth. early fourth century. And it's been worn. It, it it kind of distinguished people within family groups and clans. So you had your one pattern of tartan. Um, like my family has a pattern of tartan. It's it's got the fun purple in it, which I really love. You love the fun purple. Yeah, I think I need some tartan in my life. I think you do. I think you should wear more tartan. We should all wear more. We tartan should all wear more because tartan. it's a fascinating story. Yeah, and it's one that people don't realize is as old as it is. Yeah. So some of our first earliest known tartan and this is just the known bits because yeah. it's probably well old yeah well it's just hard to find it, it when it get, goes back so far you know fabric uh degrades but the earliest known tartan in scotland can be dated back to the third or fourth century but in other parts of the world tartan cloth has been found dating back to approximately 3000 bc on a cheeky mummy that was uh found in china on, along the silk road which is pretty cool. It was this um, red or brown-haired European discovered in the Taklamakan Desert. I'm certain I pronounced that wrong. Uh, and that was dating back between 1200 BC and 700 BC. So that's pretty cool. That's it's, pretty groovy. It's, so it's well old. Yeah, and like you might say then that Tartan came from the Asia region, but it, it, it did come from Scotland. There's a theory that it, they moved. They kind of, that idea, a Scottish group migrated through Europe along the Silk Road and just kept that tradition with them. Yeah, but we see gaps in its history. We do. As many things, because then we didn't find kind of another piece of evidence of it until 50 BC. There was a Greek historian called Diodorus Siculus, and nice um yeah a fun name and he wrote and referred to celtic races whose cloaks are striped or checkered in design with the separate checks close together and in various colors very descriptive from the greeks there in 50 bc well obviously the greeks you know they're known for their stunning accuracy <laughs> the ancient greeks you know yeah look i mean every second child was a kid of zeus indeed <laughs> indeed zeus got around oh who, who's the father oh well, just zeus uh you know it was definitely a god casually zeus yes it had to be we've really gone off track we here. really have but, but continue somehow it's all relevant so let's you know take out the ancient history of it yeah i mean because... it's, it's it's just been around for a while. It's been around. And honestly, Tartan, we need to do like a more holistic episode yeah, on Tartan. We will likely pop a cheeky YouTube episode on this topic on At our YouTube point, yeah. channel, which is If Clothes Could Talk on YouTube if you want to catch it. But this is a, a, a brief history. Yeah, we're mainly looking at how it's become so popular in modern day culture. Okay, so I'm going to take you to the dewy slopes of 1603. Oh boy. So, Elizabeth I. Queen Liz. She dies. She's gone. Without any children. Rough. You may know her as the Virgin Queen. That's why the Virginia was named after her. She most certainly was not a virgin, I, but that's I fine. don't think she was. I'm quite certain but of I this. I love the fact that she was like, you know what? No one's good enough for me. <laughs> She really branded herself she for that. She isn't going to die with me. I, look, I respect it. I love that. So we get James comes in from Scotland from the north. 
and he's like, hey, I'm the new king. Except he's more like, he, I'm the new king. That was better, that one. That was better. Yeah, anyway. So he was the sixth James over there, but he was, was like, you know what? the first James of England. He was like, I really need it. I just need to be the first. I I, I'm not first. loving this sixth yeah. business, so I'm just going to pop on over. Yeah. Be like, bam. Number bam. one, babe. Bam. That's exactly right. I respect it. So, James, he had Charles I, but he also had another girl called Elizabeth. And remember Elizabeth. Elizabeth Stewart. Ah, yes. Because we'll, we'll take her later. Yeah. Anyway, so he had Charles I. Charles I was famously beheaded. Yes. Oliver Cromwell then stepped in, ruled for about ten years, banned Christmas. It was a whole thing. Makeup sport and even plays. Yeah. I was the merry monarch, the good old days. Anyway, um, and then... The king who brought back partying, Charles II. The party king. My name is Charles II. Comes back because England's like, you know what? That really sucked. Let's go back to kings. Yeah. Pretty yeah. sure only the French have done that before. <laughs> anyway, so they go back. Charles II has heaps of kids, but none of them are legit. So his brother takes over. His brother is Catholic by the end. So they depose him and put his daughter and her cousin together on the throne and then they died without any kids and so her sister becomes the queen she has 17 pregnancies and none of them survive that's really rough so how is this all tying into tart well we've now run our course again yeah so we've got no heirs we've got no heirs there's no legitimate it's, heirs. it's a liz a liz situation about a hundred years on yeah yeah with anne so they trace all the way back up the line to James I. Back to the Scottish one. And they go through his daughter, Elizabeth, remember her? Yes. And she had a daughter called Sophia. And Sophia had a son called George. And they were like, hey, George, do you want to be the king? He's like, sure, I think so. That sounds great. Was he German? Yes. I see. I'm German as well, so... (laughs) I love that you're like, it's my entire lineage. (laughs) Yeah. So that's they chose him. Yeah. But people weren't happy about that. They weren't thrilled. Because James the Second, dad of Queen Anne and Queen Mary. Yeah. Who both had no children. He had a son with his second wife. Now the reason that his son was not allowed to become king was because his son was Catholic. But his son went back up to Scotland and he started telling people, I'm the rightful king here. Yeah. They shouldn't be giving it to George. Because it was me. Like, I was next. Yeah. Bro, what is up with that? And it was all because he wasn't the right denomination of faith. Yeah, because they were arguing over minor differences in the church service. So he's the wrong denomination of faith. What's his name? Is it? It's James. So So James, son of James, son of Charles, son of James. So there's many Jameses is what I'm hearing. Uh, Yeah, James is a bit of a Scottish name. So they weren't very creative with their names. When has the royal family ever been creative? You make with an their excellent names? point. Okay, so, so James number three. He's number three. Well, and he he's was technically not anything. Yet. But I he just... goes up to Scotland and he's like, Hey, come and fight with me. I'm gonna take my crown back. And they were like, Woohoo! Let's do it. So they they were like, Yeah, Team James. Yeah. So you're either on Team George or Team James. Yes. Okay. Now, James, he dies before the fight can really get started. Bugger. 
which sucks for, sucks for him. Oh, so he so he's never anything. He just cucks it. No, nah, but oh. his son. Is that also James? No, it's Charles. Oh wow, what a <laughs> now that that's the real plot twist of this tale. Yeah, and he was known as Bonnie Prince Charlie. And he and the Scots, they got together and they mounted a full-on campaign. Now, by this point, George has also had a son called George. <laughs> so everyone's George. Every, everyone's either George or James or Charlie. Right. There is no in-between. There's no other options. And it's still that way today. Oh, my God. True. It is. Okay. So, Bonnie, Bonnie Charlie boy yeah. is like, go Scots. And we hate Scots George. And like, the Scots are like, yes, we'll fight with you because, like, they want the Scottish, because he's a Scottish yeah. dude. And they're like, if we have to be ruled over by anyone in the UK, it may as well be a Scottish person. Yeah, we want we, the Scots to rule. We'd prefer not to, but I guess you can't get everything you want. No. Anyways. So they have a fight. Okay, they have a fight. They have a fight. Bonnie Prince Charlie loses. He flees Scotland. He never goes back. Okay. This has been a really long-winded way of saying that George, because of because of all of that uprising, well, and what was called the Jacobean War, he banned Tartan. Why? Because... He saw it as a symbol of the Highland clans. It was like their identity. And he wanted to take that away from them because he thought that would weaken them. So it was banned. Right. Highland dress was banned. Highland music was banned. The bagpipes were banned. There was a whole bunch of stuff after 1747 that was just banned and wasn't reinstated until later in the century. So it was like taboo you couldn't wear it and that really that hurt a lot of people yeah like that's really rough you're taking away somebody's culture there yeah yeah and it became a bit of like a black market underground tartan kind of an underground tartan ring that's exactly what it was excellent yeah i know i read also that they banned the speaking of gaelic which must have been really rough and like that was the only language that people knew in the Highlands. So that would have been really hard to police because, like, when one of my ancestors moved out to Australia, the only thing he could speak was Gaelic. Wow. And he learned English and the local Indigenous dialect at the same time. Wow. That's really impressive to learn. It is a bit cool. That is really cool. Wow. They called him Kilty. Because he would wear his kilt every time he went into observe Parliament. So much so that they actually they were like, You can't you can't wear your kilt in here. And so he was like, I'm never coming back. Bye. Damn. Okay. So a big cultural touchstone was effectively lost yeah. for a hot minute. Yeah, it was. But luckily I mean it's there are some outlying and really remote places in Scotland that you would just not be able to police that. No, surely not. And, like, there were places in the lowlands that, yes, you could, and lots of the lowland people were on the the side of the English. But it was 
the highlands that they really wanted to sort of stamp out because they were the down. they were the threatening ones. They were the rebels. Yeah, okay. They were the rebels. So this all happens in like the late 1700s. Yeah. And so in the mid 1700s. In the mid 1700s. And then in the late 1700s they're like well, that didn't work. Yeah, it's like, oh. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, because the act was, the, the, the law was yeah, dress, repealed in dress, 1785. Yeah. So they were like, oh, actually, sorry. <laughs> Our bad. But Tartan didn't kind of come back. No. Like, it. It wasn't, it still wasn't mainstream. Like, it, it was, it never really went away. Yeah. But it was still kind of underground. But then, Sir Walter Scott. Mr. Scott. He was a, a Scottish man, and he wrote some Scottish books about Scotland. I love that. And thing. the Highlands. And in the classic Victorian-esque way, like, romanticised it. This was a bit pre-Victorian. But he was like, Scotland is, like, the best. Like, Scotland's, Scotland's a place to be. And everyone in was like, oh, road trip? <laughs> So Scottish tourism's back. Yes, yeah, so, the English are so yet all like of yes. So all the all the English started going for holidays in Scotland because it was like this wild, exciting, adventurous place to go and visit. So they would go up there and they would visit. And George the Fourth went up to Scotland and he wore tartan while he was there yes. and showed off his amazing calves. Yes, it's an excellent picture. <laughs> and he, everyone was like, oh my god. I need some tartan in my life, like, right now. Right, this second. And so Walter Scott orchestrated the arrangements yeah. and demanded, like, he was like, everyone. Everyone wants tartan. And, like, look, the king's coming, guys. We've got to be on our best behaviour. Yeah. Let's, like, deck it out. Tartan you, for everyone. You know how they, they sometimes take you on themed tours when you go around to different countries? Yeah. In Scotland, you can go on, like, Outlander tours. and That's and, and TV and movie tours. Essentially, he was being taken on, like, the romantic Scotland tour. Mm. And they were like, this is the Scottish web live. And the, everyone else was like, wow. It's so exotic. <laughs> anyway, so the royal family, they developed a really close bond with Scotland after that. And Queen Victoria and Albert, they loved Scotland. Yeah. They bought a private property up in Scotland. They bought Balmoral. Oh, that, okay. That's yep. what the royal family, they still go there every Christmas. Like, yep. it's it's become such a staple for the royal family. And they got their own tartan and everything. And they, whenever they go up there, they wear tartan and things like that. And they're really connected to Scotland now. And they've really made a big effort. And because they, they're, like, the royal family are huge draw card. Any yeah. place they go is, like, tourism magnet. Everyone's like, this is the place to be. A bunch of stuffy royals are here, guys. Yeah. Here it is. The royals think it's great, then I must too. Yeah. So, they, people go up there all the time. Now, yeah. And it's such a big tourism place because the royal family. Right. Because the royal family had all these problems and then they kind of tried to fix it and, and tartan. <laughs> So Tartan's so tied in with the royal family's, like, history. Yeah. But you mentioned Outlander. I think that's a really great segue into where Tartan is going. Because yes. I'm sure, dear listeners, you were thinking, okay, it's a pattern. 
Like, what more can we possibly do with a pattern? Yeah. Huh. It's, it's like merch now. Let me tell you. So, some cool fun facts about tartan. There's actually over 4,000 different tartans on the tartan. Yeah, each family. And even, like, within families, there are a couple. There's, like, the hunting one, the ancient one, the modern one, the dress one. Yeah. yeah and there's a, a national a there's a national register. You can register yeah. your tartan with the Scottish Parliament. That came in in 2008. I love so that. So it's still like a big deal. But not only that is a lot of people, a lot of Scottish people now are using tartan to design with to create patterns for events. Yeah. And so uh, at the time of recording we're in 2021 and the COP26 summit, which is a, a environmental summit has yeah. just happened it was a big deal mr miss greta thunberg was there morrison stopped it as per usual yeah so it was a big deal there was actually a design of tartan made for the cop 26 summit which was super beautiful but there was also one that was made for the 2019 UN. The SDG UN. goals. Yes. So there's actually, if you can Google it, there's an SDG, which is Sustainable Development Goals Tartan, that was made in 2019 for that summit that is really beautiful. It's got all of these different colours, and every colour represents one of the Sustainable Development Goals. And it's super beautiful. And I love that people, and particularly artists, are using tartan still to communicate goals, to yeah. communicate, I guess, like, kingship. Yeah. Because now it's being used to say, like, hey, this is a fabric of our environmental goals. Like, and wild. And really, we're all one big clan. Exactly. You know? Everyone, everyone has a tartan in their heart. Which is, <laughs> everyone's got a tartan heart. Oh my god. <laughs> But it's true, and I think I love this idea that artists have taken this idea of, like, interwovenness and Mm. colours crossing over, and we see it in the pattern. And I think it's just a really beautiful symbol of, like, how uh, people cross over and blend and make new patterns. Intersectionality. Intersectionality. So, I mean, like, tartan, realistically, ahead of its time in terms of its... I know, um, right? In terms of its political goals and movements. So I love that for that pattern. It was a bit of a roundabout way to get there, and I I know that I mainly just did a bit of the royal family history, which, you know what? It's always going to come back to that for me. (laughs) (gasps) But, I mean, generally, Tartan, I found, like, researching it, I had a really fun time. Yeah. It's a really fascinating topic. So stay tuned, friends, for us doing a full episode on it on our YouTube because it's just fascinating. Like, it's a fascinating story and it's thousands and thousands of years old. Yeah, it's very cool. Speaking of Outlander. Oh boy. So, Jamie Fraser is not a real person, but his grandfather, who features in the television show, is a real person and he is my direct ancestor which means i am related to jamie fraser if he was a real person which means i feel very uncomfortable watching outlander and that's where we'll leave it (laughs) (laughs) oh well friends we hope you enjoyed this episode but before we go we would like to acknowledge that we are learning creating recording and editing on stolen land 
and we'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of that land, the Turrbal and Yagara people in what is now called Brisbane or originally Mianjin. And we, uh, that's where we record this podcast. And then the Bidjigal and Gadigal people of the Eora Nation in what is now called Sydney, which is where this podcast is currently edited. And we pay respect to elders past, present and emerging. We would also like to extend our gratitude over, over the aisle to Scotland, to their traditional clans and the take, their caretakers of the lands over there. I know we don't, we don't really talk about that a lot, do we? No, absolutely. they come from a... Um, you, you know, the United Kingdom, we don't really think about them as the custodians of their land, but they do have really strong kinships over there, and, and this Titan belongs to, to them. them. Yeah, absolutely. And their, and their heritage, so yeah. shout Thank out. Thanks. Thank you very much. And we'd also like to say thanks to our fantastic editor, Fee. Thank Yay, you for putting... Thank you for putting our podcast together every week and being a fantastic person and friend and wonderful collaborator. And that is where we will leave it. See you guys next time. Goodbye, lasses and lads. Goodbye. That was all. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> We're in Romanian now. <laughs> Au revoir.